You're listening to Lost in the Groove, a podcast that talks about life, what's going on in the world, and what we can do better, and how we can make a change. Let's go on with the intro music and start today's topic. Hello, how is everyone doing today? Um, today we're going to be talking about the six books that have been discontinued by the Dr. Seuss Company. I don't know their exact name. Uh, it's been in the headlines for quite a bit of time. I actually purchased all of those six books um, out of my own expense. And... It is an interesting topic to discuss because children's books have evolved a lot within the past, I would say, 60, 75, about 60, 70 years. You know, the, the times have changed. People have changed. Um, now, what's very interesting, though, is, and I don't think a lot of people know this, these books actually were not very popular I mean, I do remember as a kid reading, um, I think it's called, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street and Mick Elliott's Pool. Um, and I think if I ran I ran, uh, ran the zoo were one of those three books that I remember vaguely reading when I was a kid. Um, now, I've kind of purchased these books as not as a way of promoting in any way the, the racism or uh, the way that speech was used or the type of drawings that were used back then. Quite the contrary, I actually purchased these books as a way of seeing how history has changed. You know, times have changed and stuff like that. So, starting off, Dr. Seuss, um, or his actual name, which was uh, Theodore Geisel, uh, he was born on March 2nd, 1904, and he passed away on September 24th, 1991. When he was, a, when Dr. Seuss was alive, you have to remember at that time in history, racism was not viewed as a bad thing. It was viewed as more of a, you know, oh, it's okay. You made a, a comment. What's the big deal? Now, today it's very different because racism is more than just making comments or, you know, visualizing people in a very provocative way. It's about perspective. It's about respect. It's about equality. It's about understanding that we are all the same. There's no difference between me and a person living in Africa. There's no difference between me and somebody living in Asia. There's no different than people in my own neighborhood that have come from Central American or South American countries. Uh, understanding that is very important because that's how society has changed. We have evolved to understand that treating people or viewing people in a way because of their race is wrong because it's morally and ethically wrong, because we wouldn't want that to be treated. We wouldn't want to, sorry, we wouldn't want to be treated that way ourselves. 
Now, going on back to the the thing with the children's books is, during these times, these books when they came out, this type of language or depictions of different types of people weren't viewed to be wrong. But unfortunately, today, it is wrong. Now, you might ask yourself a question, why would somebody like Dr. Seuss, which created books that were very unlike the rest of children's books at the time, uh, different, it didn't look the same, it was very, as you say, futuristic, um, from my own view, I view it as a man that, at his time, he didn't view anything wrong. You know, because society was telling him that that's okay. You know, that there's nothing wrong with that. And that's something that's important to understand. Is that society can say whatever the hell they want to say. Can Society can say tomorrow that the world is this and the world should be like this. But doesn't mean that society is right. Just because society says something doesn't mean that it's it's printed, it's sealed, and it's stamped, and it's the law. It changes. You know, society has changed. Now, you might say the same thing about morals. Morals do change. Now, that is true. Morals have changed. Just like when these books were made, for example, you know, um, if I ran, which is the one, yes, I'm just looking at a bunch of notes over here. Yeah, it's the one that If I Ran the Zoo, which was written in 1950. 1950 in the U.S. was in a very racist era. You know, racism wasn't viewed as bad or anything like that. It was viewed that you're black or you're colored, you go here. And if you're white, you go there. And that's how society was for about 20 years until the 1970s came around and things started to slowly turn around and things are still slowly turning around. But going back to the point with morals, yes, morals change. The difference is, is that the way that I view it is view morals as if your own self, meaning that what you would expect for yourself is the same way you should treat others. Just like how you want to be treated, that's how you should treat other people. And that's very important because, you know, we don't want to be discriminated against. We don't want people to make racist comments. No matter what color you are, you could be freaking white and be discriminated against. Uh, just the way that, you know, you don't want to be treated, you know, the way that you want to be treated is the way that you treat others. And that's how I feel morals should be put into perspective, in my own personal opinion, is that times will change and morals will change, and that's okay. You know, that's life. But remember the, the golden rule of just like how you want to be treated is the same way you want to treat other people. And putting that all aside and putting this just straight up in front the fact is society, we have grown as people to the point that we view the problems, we understand the problem, and which is actually crazy, and I still don't understand this, is racism is not illegal in the United States. 
I, 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 it baffles me. I say to myself, here we are having all these companies doing what they can to try to eradicate the past and trying to move over to the future. But yet our own government, our own country has not made racism illegal. So that means that if you cause a racist act, you know, you, you might get arrested, you might get a fine, but there's no prison sentence. You won't be charged for your crime. The crime of treating somebody wrongfully because you decided to be a racist prick. And that is completely legal in this country. There is nothing bad about that. And this is something that I, I feel like is important because especially with this coming up with with these Dr. Seuss books, it's an important topic to bring up. It's to bring up the fact that if companies like children's books are realizing what has happened in the past and they're trying to do their best to move forward, but yet large statures of government have not done the same, that speaks very strongly and basically strikes a spike in a lot of minority groups in this country, including me. I come from, a, I come from an immigrant family. My father immigrated here in 1971 from Morocco. And it's just baffling. Now, you might be asking yourself a question. I'm going to go back to with the books itself. And I kind of touched base on this a little bit earlier. If Dr. Seuss was such an advanced or futuristic man in regards to his books, why on earth would he depict people or write such language if it was viewed racist and he was making books that were more modern for the modern children or the, the future children or the future generations? That question can be said about anybody. You know, we are all imperfect. I, I get into these conversations, especially uh, with people like famous celebrities uh, that have that have lived uh, one example, and I, I'm actually a really big fan of John Lennon, and I like using him in examples. You know, the, the question of with John and Yoko Ono gets passed along is how could a man like John Lennon be so arrogant and, and say that the, the Beatles were better than Jesus, and then on top of all of that, he cheats on his wife, and then on top of all of that, he has an affair while married to Yoko. Well, what the hell is wrong with him? And the question and the question is not a question. It's more of he was a human being, like the rest of us. So what he was flawed morally and he was he had problems. We all have freaking problems. We're not perfect. No celebrity is perfect. We're all imperfect. We all make mistakes. That's not why we remember them. That's not why we remember John Lennon. Nobody remembers John Lennon because he cheated on I think her name was Cynthia. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong. I don't remember. I think her name was Cynthia. <laughs> you know, we love John Lennon because of what he did. He created, he helped make the Beatles, which I know is overrated, but I'm going to say this anyway, was a really incredible band. I have all of their albums, and it's incredible music even till today. That's why we love John Lennon, is because of what he created, along with 
Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, as well as George Harrison, and then later on his solo career, which he created the most incredible albums in his career, on top of the Beatles. And the same thing applies with Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss was a visionary. You know, he had a broader perspective, but he was flawed, and that's okay. We're all flawed. And that's the, I think, the most incredible thing about humans is that we are imperfect creatures, and we do make mistakes, and that's okay. Um, and going even a step further than this, and looking it on a broader perspective, what do these famous people actually represent? You know, we view these people as very famous. A lot of people know who they are. Uh, they've created things, you know, in regards to music, writing, uh, craftsmanship, you know, different types of work or art or famous philosophers or poets or scientists. What does that even mean? What does it mean? What does these people have an impact on our life? An example, I think this is a good example to use. Imagine you have, you're in a field, a very flat field, and you put one large stone, very large, in the center of the field, and you put around it, surround it with ten little stones. If you keep growing that pile, now you make, 20 little stones surrounding that very large stone. If you were to stand on that large stone, you'd be able to see all the stones from a better view. Whereas if you were on the ground, you can kind of see ish, okay? But if you were on the top, where you were in the very, very top, you can see all the stones that surround the large stone and get a real view as to what's around you. That's how I view these people, like Dr. Seuss, as well as John Lennon and the Beatles, and many other famous celebrities. That these are people that were able to see the world on as if they were on that large stone. They were able to touch many poor, more people because they were on that very high pedestal. Now, you might say to yourself, how is that fair? How is it fair that he is allowed to touch so many people, but I am not? That's true about a lot of things in life. Sometimes we're not as fortunate as these people to be as successful, but it doesn't mean that these successful people didn't do a great job. I think what Dr. Seuss did was an incredible job. As a person that has dyslexia and as a kid, it was very enjoyable to read Dr. Seuss books because I struggled with reading and his bizarre words and his pictures really captured and really helped me focus on what I was reading and really helped me a lot along the way. And that's my own view. And I, I know there's many other people that that might have similar views or similar experiences, but he has helped and helped educate many children throughout his life and even now. 
And with all of his flaws, what he has created will probably last for a very long time, and who knows how long it will last. But we need to focus more on what's most important. What is the common goal? What is, what is the point of this? What is the point of investing in something like this? What is the point? And the point very simply is, is that when it comes to, especially in the case of children's books, what you want to be able to do is you want to be able to give children a way of being a part of it. You want them to be a part of the learning experience. You don't want to separate them. And this idea that Dr. Seuss, and again, and this is my own personal opinion, created this way of where it's imperfect. There's no real words. There, It's kind of tricky. You have to figure out how to pronounce things. And you have these visual per pictures, very large pictures, that allow children to connect. They're able to point and say, oh, there's a fish. Oh, there's a mountain. Oh, and they're able to just put everything together as if it was a puzzle. Is a really incredible idea, and it is extremely powerful because it allows children to broaden their mind beyond words on a piece of paper. They're able to visualize things at a very young age, and they're able to understand things a little bit more clearly when you talk to them about those things. My advice, and my again, my own personal opinion is, I don't condemn Dr. Seuss books. I think they're incredible. Yes, those six books are on the other side of the perspective. Um, but I do feel as any parent should feel more than confident that if you want to feel comfortable and you want your children to get the best education, I think a lot of the great Dr. Seuss books, including Green Eggs and Ham, which I really loved as a kid, uh, The Cat in the Hat, these are really great books that help children have that visual, visual perspective. And I really hope that in the near future, we can move past this. We can move past what has happened in the past 75 years and even longer. The fact that this, this, you know, this country of the United States, which is the immigrant country, it's a country of immigrants. It's built by immigrants. It's built by people like my dad. They came from foreign nations to build families here and to build a life, to build a future for their children and their children, and so on and so forth. And we need to hold on to that so importantly and realize how important immigrants are to this nation. This country, like I said, was built by immigrants. And we need to be able to incorporate that, accept that wholeheartedly and love every single person, every single person that comes into your life and respect people. Don't judge a book by its cover. You know, this idea of, oh, because this person killed somebody and because his race is this and that, that must be they all are bad. No. 
And that's a problem with a lot of these racist imageries that are from the past. It's showing, it shows us how people viewed people because they were different. And it's not even different. I mean, it's ridiculous. The whole idea of racism is absolutely ridiculous. This idea of where, you know, I give the, I've heard this example, and it's a very famous example of chicken eggs. If you take a freaking white chicken egg and a goddamn brown chicken egg and you crack them open, it's the same chicken. My God. So one's brown and so one's white. What the? Who cares? Who bloody cares? What color the egg the eggshell is? Does it matter? I mean, does it really? Ma no, it doesn't matter. It really does not. And this idea of of uh, this separation that of we are different is so long in the past, and it should stay in the goddamn past. There is no difference between me and a person that lives in goddamn China. We are made out of the exact same parts. I mean, I'm not female. I am male, but, you know, in regards to males. But that's the point that needs to be brought up with this. It's not the fact that these books are being discontinued. It's not the fact that was Dr. Seuss a racist person that didn't know any better. It's the fact that we are moving forward. And people are flawed. And that's okay. And, that, and, and again, I, I don't know how many times I have to, to be so strong on this, is that it's okay to be flawed. You know, people make mistakes. And it, don't disregard his work because of a few mistakes that he made. He made incredible work that's incredibly powerful and is incredibly educational and visual for children. And hopefully we can move on to a broader horizon where... This idea of racism, you know, I would love to see the day where when you say the word racism, people will laugh in a good way to just realize how pathetic and how idiotic and how stupid it is. Because it is, it's absolutely stupid that you treat somebody differently because they're not a white shell chicken egg, they're a brown shell chicken egg, or they have spots. Okay, I don't get your point. What's the difference? You know, where we can actually realize <laughs> just how stupid it is. And it is, you know, when we're moving on to broader horizons. And I hope this has been educational. It's been helpful. Um, you know, whatever decision you decide with Dr. Seuss books, that's your decision, what you want to make. And what I'm saying, again, is my own personal opinions. If you're listening, I hope you have a great day. And here is to a future where we can be proud of, a future that we can say, oh, my God, we've achieved so much. All right, guys, see you in the next episode. Have a great day.